Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 27 of Sports with Jesus. Sports, we talk about sports. Jesus. Uh oh. Let's start that again. Welcome to episode 27 of Sports with Jesus. Sports, we talk about sports with. It gets witty. Jesus is my middle name. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Jesus Cristo. Let's go. Hello, guys. Welcome back to episode 27. A welcome to episode 27. You know, one after 26, two after 25, man. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 26. I was really proud of putting out episode 26. I was, I was really happy with it. Um, but yeah, man, let's go. We're back. Another, another episode, another, another fun couple days in sports. Let's get right into it, man. We're going to talk about the Nets. We're going to talk about the Knicks. We're going to talk about the World Series. We're going to talk about top news. We're going to talk about the Giants. We're going to talk about the Jets. Let's go. So first we're going to start off. With the Nets, yesterday they faced it against they faced against the Charlotte Hornets, the Hornets of Charlotte with Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun one. The Nets lost their previous two games against the against the Cavs and against the Mavericks. Pretty close games, pretty heartbreaking games. For the first two, the first game, they lost on a tough shot uh, made by Donovan Mitchell to ice the game. And the second one against the Mavericks, another close game that they lost when Luka Doncic dropped 49 points against the Nets. And they lost off of, and it was iced off of a circus shot by Luka Doncic, man. But we're going to get right into the highlights. We're going to watch it. And as we watch the highlights... Along the way, we go Ben Simmons in the start and lineup. We get a first look at Brandon Miller, the second-round draft pick. Ned started off pretty hot, getting open shooters. Ben Simmons being aggressive, driving into the paint, penetrating, uh, drawing attention and finding the open shooter. First quarter, Nets up to a 25-16 lead. Ben Simmons cutting, slashing, and he gets the dunk. No foul called. 39 to 23. End of the first quarter. Mikel Bridges is a buzzer beater. Pull up three. He's been struggling a bit. He's been struggling, but he's finding his rhythm along the way. Second game of the season. He held himself accountable for the past two L's. But the Nets are looking pretty good in this game. Sloppy play in the second quarter as the Hornets were able to make it interesting and cut the lead to down to eight. In the second quarter, 58-50. to 50, High scoring first half so far. So it's 81-72. Cam Thomas just had his name all over this game. And put it in the books right now, guys. Put it as a lot. Cam Thomas, most improved player. My man is on one right now. 99-85. Step back, Jay, from three. Count it. Cam Thomas coming down the corner again. And one. And one. 115 to 99. Cam Thomas just put it on the show. Mikel Bridges driving on LaMelo, LaMelo Ball. He did nothing this game as he fouled out this game. 
and he did nothing. Nets able to Nets able to win this one, one thirty three to one twenty one. Cam Thomas thirty three points, two rebounds, two assists. He shot ten for seventeen from the field, fifty eight percent. He made one three pointer out of four. So look, he's getting into the basket. He's getting to the basket. He's not just a uh, you know he's not just out there popping threes. He shot four threes and he made one of them. And he went 10 for 17 from the field. He's being really aggressive. And this is his third straight game with 30 points this season. The first game, he dropped 36. He went 13 to 21. The second game, he dropped 30. He went 12 for 19. Today, he dropped... I mean, yesterday, he dropped uh, 33. Going 10 for 17, man. So you're yo most improved player man most improved player right now go to FanDuel put it as a lock put the whole house on it man you're gonna be rich by the end of the season man. Mikael Bridges twenty four points he went ten for thirteen pretty solid game from him great bounce back game. Lot lot a lot but a bit a bit of sloppy turnovers as he had five turnovers in this game, but Dorian Finney Smith another key guy in this game as he scored 19 points he went 7 for 12 from the field 4 for 9 from deep shooting 44 percent he had a big game and he had his name all over this game good solid win by the Nets Lonnie Walker also coming off the bench he dropped 19 Ben Simmons 11 10 and 8 Ben is looking good he's being aggressive he's finding the open man you know the jump shot you, you that you just it's like a broken record, you know, with with uh with Ben Simmons and the jump shot, you know, it's just never gonna happen. It's just never gonna happen, but you know, it is what it is. Ben Simmons looking pretty good to start off the season. Uh, let's get on to the Knicks. So the Knicks play today against the Cleveland Cavaliers, a rematch of round one of the Eastern. Eastern uh, first round of the Eastern uh, playoffs last last season, the Knicks were able to win that in five games. Smoking, yo, what's up with this man? I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the highlights in this game, and the PS Five is acting funny, man. What's up with this? But yeah, man, Knicks able to Knicks face the the Cavs for the first time since. The first round of the playoffs last season, and uh, they just wasted no time. They wasted no time, and they got busy. My boy Brunson started off the game, making three shots, three roof, 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 roof. Got dogs in the house. You know what I'm saying? So the Knicks were able to win this game, 109. To 91, pretty good uh, good start from Brunson as he made his first three shots. Uh, but we're going to watch the highlights right now and talk about it. <clears throat> Jump ball, Knicks able to win the tip, and Brunson right away with the bucket. Like I said, he made the first three buckets of this game. He finished the game with 19 points, five rebounds. Two assists, two steals. He shot seven for sixteen, but uh, but it was a team effort by the by the Knicks. 
as you had one, two, three, four, five players score in double figures. Isaiah Hartenstein also had a good game, playing 22 minutes, 13.7 rebounds. Little highlight of quickly knocking down a three. Quickly had 18 points in the game. He had three rebounds, two assists, six for 11 from the field. Quickly is, you know, he's the man, man. He's the man. He's a little nut, though. A little nut, but... You know, he's the man, man. Sixth man of the year this year. Put it in the books, man. It's a lock. Randall had a solid game as well. Yo, when Randall has a solid game, you know, the, the Knicks have a really good chance of winning. Randall, Randall is, is the X factor, man. Randall is the X factor. Because, you know, Brunson is going to get his. RJ is going to get his here and there. RJ is going to play smart. You know, he's not going to play outside. You know, he's going to play within himself. But Randall is the X factor, man. Randall is the X factor. So, you know, a lot of this game, you saw a lot of bully ball from Randall. As he went to the paint, he drew a lot of contact, shot 10 free throws, made seven. He shot five threes, he made two. Overall, he shot five for 14 from the field. So pretty solid uh, game from Randall. And the Knicks were able to spank the Cavaliers 109-91. to Good, complete effort from the Knicks today. It was a fun game to watch. They took care of the ball well. I mean, you know, they had, you know, they had some sloppy turnovers. They had 14 turnovers. But in overall, you know, they had a good game. They made a lot of shots. And they played some good defense as well, holding the Cavs to under 100 points. And that is... The Knicks. The Knicks, they shot 44% from the field, 13-34 from three. They had 18 assists, 48 rebounds, and they had 20 second-chance points. 20 second-chance points crashing the offensive board. Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein, like I said, these guys had a good game. And it was just a good overall team game. Solid, solid games, you know, from the from the Knicks. Uh, let's get it. Let's talk about. Last thing before we talk about anything else, before we get away from basketball. James Harden from the Philadelphia 76ers was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. Wow. Wowie, wow, wow. And my thoughts on it is I, I hate James Harden. I'm not a I'm not a big James Harden fan. He's he's just bad for the sport, if I'm gonna be honest. He forced himself out of one, two, three teams. He forced himself out three teams within four years. He forced himself out of it. He forced himself out the Rockets, going out clubbing. Coming to camp overweight. He gets traded to the Nets. He forced himself out the Nets. Demanded a trade. He goes to the Sixers. He doesn't show up for training camp. And he forces his way out of the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, yo, you talk about ring chasing, yo. This guy is on a different level. He's just not a winner. He is not a a winner, ladies and gentlemen. 
And don't say he didn't have teams in Houston. Because when Chris Paul went down and they were up ahead against the Warriors 3-2 to two in the series, what did he do? He choked it. He choked it. He choked it. And in Game 7, how many straight threes did the Houston Rockets miss? They missed like 30 straight threes or 20 straight threes. James Harden is so... It's toxic. It's toxic. And, you know, he's going to be playing with one of my favorite players, Kawhi Leonard. Hopefully Kawhi could get this guy on check. Hopefully Kawhi himself, you know, can keep himself healthy and on the court. But, um, you know... The, the the Clippers, they literally traded everybody. They traded Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, or uh, Robert Covington. Two second-round picks, two first-round picks. You know, these, and, and a 2029 pick, a 2029 swap. You know, so these guys literally traded the house for uh, for James Harden. They traded the house for James Harden. They didn't trade uh, Terrence Mann, who they didn't want to trade. Um, they also traded KJ Martin, but this is what the starting five is looking for the is looking like for the Los Angeles Clippers. They got Russell Westbrook. They got Westbrook starting point guard, James Harden shooting guard, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, uh, uh, Paul George at the small forward, Kawhi Leonard at the power forward, power forward. And you got Zubats holding it down in the center. I mean, yo, that's a stacked team. You know, another a, a question is going to be, you know, their bench. But I don't know, man. James Harden just seems like a toxic player, man. This guy can't win. He cannot win. He couldn't win with KD and, Kawhi- and Kyrie. He couldn't win with KD and Kyrie. And I'll never forget, game seven, he's got a hamstring injury. And he he's lit- he thought he was Scottie Pippen. He thought he was Scottie Pippen and he could play through an injury and be like a decoy. But no, he literally did nothing. He literally did nothing. He wasted space. He missed a lot of shots. He was just completely unaffected that game. And I hate him for that. I hate him for that. I hate him for trying to play through the injury instead of giving another player a chance. You know? He's just toxic, yo. He's just toxic. People talking about, oh, he's one of the best scorers of all time. Bro, this guy was all this guy was averaging like 30 free throws a game. His stat sheet was going for like he in the, on the Houston Rockets his MVP season. Sure he averaged 10 assists. Sure he averaged like 30 points a game. But yo, he was shooting like 9 for 28 with like 30 free throws. 30 free throws, probably made like six threes. And he's shooting like 30 free throws, yo. Like James Harden is good. He's good, but he's not great. He's not great. I, I, I don't respect that man at all. I hate that he's teaming up with one of my favorite players because, I don't know, man. I, I just hope he doesn't ruin his career, man. But, yo, the Clippers are looking stacked. I don't know if I got them making it to the finals. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure. They'll probably get bounced in like the second round because they got James Harden. That's why. Because they got James Harden. Such a toxic player. And he's a choke artist too. He never shows up in the playoffs. Never shows up in the playoffs. He hasn't been to the finals since OKC. Since, you know, he had uh, Westbrook and KD. You know, since that big three. 
But other than that, he has not made it to the finals. And even on those stacked teams, even on the Sixers, even on the Nets, he did nothing. Pathetic. Pathetic. But yeah, man, James Harden got traded, forced his way out of Philly. Whatever, man, that's basketball. Let's get into the... Let's go. We're going to talk about the Giants and the Jet game, football. So the Giant and Jet game was... Probably one of the worst, best games of all time. The whole game was trash, but the ending was pretty, was pretty, it was pretty bad. It was pretty, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty cool, but then again, it was pretty bad as well. It was pretty bad as well. So we're just going to lock into the highlights. What's that? What's that noise? Is that my PlayStation? Oh man, my PlayStation is sounding kind of toxic, toxic right now, man. <laughs> I'm sorry that you guys keep hearing this little. That's because I'm using a pop filter, you know, for the first time, and uh, you know, we're just testing it out, you know, for this episode, see if it uh, sounds a little better. And I'm just searching up, you know, the highlights of uh, the Giant versus the Jet game. So here we go. Probably one of the worst, best games of all time. So Tommy DeVito, an undrafted rookie out of Syracuse, comes in after Tyrod Taylor goes down. Tyrod Taylor got hurt, scrambling, and he fell into the sideline, and he hurt his rib. He was in pretty much, he was in a lot of pain. A lot of pain, and um, you know it was tough. So in the first quarter, Zach Wilson makes the first pass to Brees Hall for a first down. Just watching over the highlights. Oh, fumble, fumble! Oh, I forgot about that fumble in the first quarter on the first possession forced by the New York Giants. On Zach Wilson. So this this was really a defensive game. Probably one of the most defensive games you've ever seen in your lives. But I'm not even going to look at the highlights, man. This game was so bad. I'm going to just read you my notes. So Tommy DeVito, an undrafted rookie out of Syracuse. He came in after Tyrod Taylor goes down. And Brian Dayball just refused to let him throw the ball. Brian Dayball refused to let this rookie, this undrafted rookie, throw the ball at all. He was competent with holding the lead and just giving the ball to Saquon. Just giving the ball to Saquon. At one point, the, this is the first time I have ever seen a team on 4th and nine. Tried to force an offside on the defense, and they took a delay of game. So let me explain that to you in probably simple terms. So you know football, you get four chances to get a first down. So on the fourth chance, you know, where teams usually punt it, 
Brian Dable left the, left the offense out there. And he tried to force an offside. He tried to force an offside, you know, with hard counts. Hard counts is like, you know, when the when the when the quarterback he says, you know, hut hut hike, hike. So uh, you know, a hard count is like a bluff, you know, a fake, a fake hike. And when you run a play, you get 24 seconds to run a play. Or you get 40 seconds to run a play, but usually it's 24, you know, after the after you guys come agree on the play. So they set up on fourth and nine. And they're just hard counting. They're hard counting, trying to force an offside. That means one of the defensive players trying to force them, you know, to, to cross the line so they could probably get a first down. And do what? And do what? And do what? Just hand the ball, just continue to hand the ball to Saquon? Like, come on, man. The first score of the game came in the first quarter from Brees Hall, a check down pass from Zach Wilson. A check down pass from Zach Wilson, and that was the first touchdown of the game. The Jets up seven to three in the second in the second uh in the second quarter. So yeah, man. Brian Dayball just refused the rookie playing in his hometown for the first time. Playing in his hometown for the first time. Brian Dayball just refused to let the kid throw the ball. You know, so this is the first time I ever see a delay of game on fourth and nine. And in the first half, there were a total of 15 punts, guys. 15 punts. A total of 15 punts in the first half. And guess what else? A total of zero third down conversions in the first half. These teams, the Giants and the Jets, both went a combined 0 for 18 on third downs. 10 points combined in the half. 7 to 3 Jets leading. So the first third down conversion comes in the third quarter. Tommy DeVito he gets a rushing touchdown. Wow. He's not allowed to throw the ball. They're doing read options. They're doing a lot of play action. A lot of play fakes, not even no play action. They're just, it's just a, a read option. Meaning you read a defender and you decide to give it to the, you, you decide to give it to the running back or hold it yourself. That's basically what they were doing. But most of the time he was giving it to the running back. Just handing the ball off to Saquon. But this time they did a read option in the red zone and he scored his first touchdown. Also, very sloppy game from the from the from the from the Jets as they allowed 85 yards on penalties. There were 22 punts in this game, yo. 22 punts. That's the most since a 2000 since a game from 2003. 
22 punts. The first third down conversion came for the Jets in the fourth quarter with two minutes left. But they weren't able to score. They weren't able to score. Giants got a huge sack from Kayvon Thibodeau. Fourth quarter with two minutes left. Giants with the ball on fourth and one. Giants have the ball. Fourth and one with 28 seconds left. They're winning 10 to 7. 28 seconds left. 10 to 7. You would think this game is over. You would think this game is over. But the Jets still have two timeouts. No, no, but the Jets, they have no timeouts. So you have a chance to win the game on fourth and one. You have a chance to ice the game by giving the ball to Saquon and converting the first down. But it is fourth down. It is a 35-yard field goal. So this should be a no-brainer. Take the field goal, right? Take the field goal. That's exactly what Brian Dayball does. If it was me, I'm making a gutsy play. I'm making a gutsy call, and I'm giving the ball to Saquon to convert this fourth and one and finish and ice this game. But no, he takes the field goal. After Graham Gano, he missed the field goal earlier. He missed the field goal earlier. Graham Gano is getting a chance to ice the game. 35-yard field goal attempt, and it is no good. No good. 28 seconds left in the game. The field goal is no good. The Jets have no timeouts. They get the ball back. Zach Wilson is in the center. Back-to-back completions from Zach Wilson. The second pass. They were able to clock it and spike the ball with one second left. One second left. The Giants were a- the Jets were able to get in field goal range to tie this game. The Jets were able to get in field goal range with 28 seconds left and Zach Wilson as their quarterback to tie this game. Drove down the field with 24 seconds. With 24 seconds. Twenty-four seconds. And they were able to clock the ball. They were able to clock it. Attempt a 35-yard field goal. Greg Zerline. Greg the leg. Nails it down the middle. This game is tied. This game is going to overtime. This game is going to overtime. Giants win. Giants win the uh, the coin toss. And guess what they decide to do? They decide to receive the ball. They decide to receive the ball on an offense that's not doing anything, on a coach that's not even allowing 
his quarterback to throw the ball. He's not even allowing the quarterback to throw the ball. Saquon Barkley got 36 carries in this game. He got 36 carries and he didn't allow Tommy DeVito, the hometown kid, making his NFL debut, throw the ball. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous play calling from Brian Dable. Like, you got to be kidding me, bro. You really don't have faith in a quarterback that made the NFL to throw the ball? I mean, that was just ridiculous to see. I didn't, I didn't know what I was watching, yo. The kid threw for... The kid got seven attempts to throw. But they were all freaking check down passes. They were all passes. They were all passes to the flats. Passes to the flats. And all those passes were to Saquon. Saquon. The kid finished with negative one yards. Negative one yard. Oh, man. Just a tough loss. Tough loss for Giant fans. But let me finish real fast before I say the tough loss. The Giants did end up losing this game. The Giants ended up losing this game. They won the coin toss in overtime. Three and out. Easy money. The punt was a short one. It was a horrible punt. Jets get in field goal range. Easy money for Greg the Leg. Easy money for Greg the Leg Zerline. Jets able to come out on top 13 to 10. And just horrible. Just horrible, horrible coaching. Just horrible coaching. You know, from from this game, yo. From that game. And also, you know, a lot of injuries in that game, too. A lot of energy, a lot of injuries as, as uh, you know, the Jets, they lost two of their centers, Connor McGovern, Wes Feitzer, and Al Woods, another, another player for the Jets, Tyrod Taylor, was also injured, and Darren Waller was also injured. You, just a, a healthy season for Darren Waller is probably, probably never, probably never, you know, going to happen. And it's just tough, man. Tough loss for the Giants. Let's get into some baseball. So I'm going to talk about Game 3 real fast. Just a really, really quick re- recap on Game 3 of the World Series. I wasn't able to watch it. I was pissed off because I had to close, you know, for my store. Um, I had to close my department and I wasn't able to watch the game. But I was able to catch, you know, a rerun. I was able to catch a rerun and, you know, the final moments of the game. So Game 3... was a tough one. Game three was a tough one. Tied up one to one. Diamondbacks at home. Randy Johnson throws out the first pitch to Luis Gonzalez. Just studs. Luis Gonzalez hit the walk off to win the World Series against the Yankees. 
Max Scherzer on the mound. Christian Walker up to up to bat and he hits a double off the off of the gate right center field. He hits a double. Finally he gets uh he's getting hot. Hopefully that uh that that's good for him. Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham. It's a base hit to right field. Adolis Garcia charging in. Christian Walker runs through the stop sign and he gets gunned at home. He gets gunned. He gets gunned at home and that's it right there, man. That's it. Game over. Nothing you can do. Next at bat. Alec Thomas hits a ground ball up the middle off of Scherzer's back. Josh Jung with the barehanded play to first. And they squeak out the inning with no, no runs. Top of the third, Nathaniel Lowe hits a RB, hits a hits a double to get things started. Marcus Simeon. With two outs and a man on third, hits a RBI single to drive in the first run of the game. And both teams are undefeated when they score first in the whole postseason. So it's very key to score first for both of these teams. Next batter, Corey Seager. Just hits a two-run homer on a hanging changeup. After getting Seager to ground out on a first-pitch changeup last at-bat, he came back next at-bat, adjusted, and smoked the changeup over the right field wall. And that's the offense for the game right there. That's the offense for the game. Max Scherzer had to leave the third inning with back tightness after he got, you know, after he got stung with that ball up the middle. Bottom six, John Gray still dealing on the mound. He came in after Scherzer and he was just dealing, holding the the Arizona offense to no runs. And you know the the uh the Rangers were able to pull out, you know, a three to one win in game three. Also another another bad thing is Adolis Garcia is out for the postseason after hurting his oblique on a swing. He's out for the World Series. Tough loss for the Rangers, man, as they lose Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia to oblique injuries. So they're out for the postseason. And game four, we'll just go on to game four. Real fast, game four. Starts off crazy, man. 10-0 in the third inning, in in like the fourth inning. And I'm not even going to watch the highlights. I'm not even going to talk about it. But this is just my rant about it. Rangers were able to win that one 11-7, taking a 3-1 lead. Corey Seager hit a bomb. Marcus Simeon hit a bomb. Marcus Simeon also hit a triple. And this is just what that offense is capable of doing. 
You know, Marcus Simeon has been slow. You know, he hasn't been coming through this postseason. He finally woke up. He had a triple. He had a bomb. And the Rangers are now one win away from a World Series title, the first in their franchise history. But here's my rant. Here's my rant for the Arizona Diamondbacks. You got to be kidding me right now. You got to be kidding me. You're really going to do a bullpen game. You're going to do a bullpen game when you're down 2-1 at home and you're going with a bullpen game in game four? You're going with a bullpen game in game four. You're down 2-1 in the series lead. Give Zach Galen the ball. Give Zach Gallen the ball. So what if it's three days rest? It's the World Series. It's the World Series. This is these these are where legends are made. Like, did you not see what Randy Johnson and what's that guy's name? Kurt Schilling did in, in, in that postseason run for the for the Diamondbacks? Hold up, let me look up Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson stats World Series. What was it they was 01, right? 01 that they won. We're looking up the stats right now. Looking up the stats of Randy Johnson. I wish I had a production team, man. They would have gave it to me like that. Wow. But yeah, Randy Johnson, just a, he's one of the best of all time. Pitching, career, postseason. Postseason, cumulative. 01 is when they won, right? He went 5 and 1 that, he went 5 and 1 that postseason. He threw six games. He started five games. He threw two complete games, two shutouts, and he threw 41 innings. He threw 41 innings that postseason. Let's see what Kurt Schilling did. Like, gotta be kidding me man you're not gonna give Zach Gallen the ball on three days rest are you do you really want to go down three to one just just ridiculous man ridiculous so Kurt Schilling in 2001 he went four and oh he started six games he threw three complete games he threw 48 innings pitched 48 innings pitched He threw 48 innings pitch. You know how many you know how many innings pitch Zach Gallen got right now? 27. 27. Like you got to be kidding me right here, man. You really you really want to risk it going down 3-1 with your bullpen? With your bullpen, man. It's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. All right, I get it. You want to you want to do a bullpen game. All right, I get it. So you bring in Castro after Mantiply. 
You bring in Castro, who's been struggling all series, arguably the worst pitcher you have. I mean, this guy gave up the walk-off homer against Adolis, and you bring him early with a man on base? You bring him in early with a man on base. Man on third. He throws a wild pitch to allow the first run of the game. He throws a wild pitch to, to, to allow the first run of the game. That's it. Next inning. Oh, no, 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 no. Not next inning. He didn't even get out that inning. I'll tell you what happened right now. I'll tell you what happened right now. Miguel Castro comes in. Wild pitch. He allows the run to score. Leody Tavares, he walks him. Travis Jankowski, who hasn't even started a whole game this whole postseason, comes in, gets a base hit. Boom. Man on first and second. Next thing you know, Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon comes in, hits a bomb. Doesn't have a bomb. He hits a he has a two out triple. Two out triple. This guy Castro threw point one innings. He allowed two hits, three runs, one base on ball, man. His ERA for the postseason, 10.50. Like, you gotta be kidding me right now, man. I'm pissed off. Look at me. I'm I'm playing the wrong stuff. I'm pissed off right now, man. I had the D-backs winning in six. Now it's looking like they're going to win in... Now it's looking like the Rangers are going to win in five. They haven't lost a road game this whole postseason. And they're just killing it right now, man. They're hot. They're hot. This team is hot. Like, you got to be kidding me right now. You got to be kidding me. You bring in Miguel Castro, man, who gave up a walk-off homer in game one. You bring this guy in? You bring this guy in. Like, he's got a 4.3 ERA as a reliever. His postseason? His postseason. He's got six innings pitched this postseason, and his ERA is at a 10.5. I, I truly don't understand what was going on through the managers. Like, you got to be gutsy, man. You got to make these moves. You gotta, you gotta bring in pitchers on three days rest in the World Series. You gotta play your best guys. You play your best guys. Oh man, it's just, it's very frustrating to see. You know, I'm rooting for this team, man. I'm rooting for this team. Whatever, man. Later on in the inning, Corey Seager doing Corey Seager things. It's a bomb. He's got three already in this World Series. Three bombs in this World Series. I've seen enough. At this point, I even turned. I turned off the game. Turned off. Turned off the game. I tuned back in. You know, in the ninth inning to see if they could pull off a miracle. But whatever, man. I knew they weren't gonna win this after 10-0. Like, come on, man. 10-0. And you're getting shut down by Andrew Heaney? Like, come on, man. Corbin Carroll's got to step up. Corbin Carroll has got...
to step up. Corbin Carroll, 1 for 5 with 2Ks. That's not good, bro. Alec Thomas, 0 for 4. Emmanuel Rivera, 0 for 3. I don't know why he got the start. Like, where this guy came from. I mean, sure, he, he, he's, he's been hot. He's been getting some hits, I understand. But, you, all right, man, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that move. Christian Walker, finally heating up, 3 for 5. Moreno, 2 for 4, carrying, yo. Carol, yo, Corbin's got to step up. Corbin has got to step up, man. You can't be starting off the game with K's, man. You got to you gotta start off the game on base. Apply pressure on this defense, man. Apply pressure on this defense. Apply pressure on the pitcher, on the base pads. Like, create some havoc, man. Corbin Carroll, we need you. They need you, man. They need you, Corbs. But, yeah, man, that's enough baseball. World Series. Rangers up 3-1. to one. Basketball, the Knicks won today. Yesterday, the Nets won. The Giants lost. The Jets win against the Giants. That's all for the sports segment, guys. Let's get into the Bible talk. You know, let's read a couple. Let's read the gospel. We're reading the gospel, ladies and gentlemen. This episode, you know, I'm... I'm pretty aware of, you know, my performance here and there. There's episode, this episode is a little all over the place. It is what it is. But, uh, you know, we're still getting content out there. I love doing this. I'll never get tired of doing this. You're always going to get full energy from me. I'm never going to half-ass this. Never. But let's go. Bible talk, baby. Last thing we was talking about was God was making food fall from the sky, man. He was feeding the Israelites. Easy. The Lord can do anything. Put your faith in Him. So here we go. The Israelites left the western Sinai desert. They traveled all together from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim. Rephidim. But there was no water to drink. So they turned against Moses and started arguing with him. They said, Give us water to drink. Look at that, getting crazy, yo. Moses said to them, why, why have you turned against me? Why are you testing the Lord? But the people were very thirsty, so they continued complaining to Moses. They said, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Did you bring us out here so that we, our children, and our cattle will all die without water? So Moses cried to the Lord. Moses said to the Lord, What can I do to these people? What, what can I do with these people? They are ready to kill me. The Lord said to Moses, Go before the Israelites. Take some of the elders of the people with you. Carry your walking stick with you. This is the stick that you used when you hit the Nile River. I will stand before you on a rock at Horeb. Hit that rock with the walking stick and water will come out of it. Then the people can drink. Moses did these things. And the elders of Israel saw it. Moses named that place Meribah. He named that place Meribah and Massa. Because this was the place that the Israelites turned against him and tested the Lord. The people wanted to know. If the Lord was with them or not. 
at Rephidim, the Amalekites came and fought against the Israelites. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men and go and fight the Amalekites tomorrow. I will stand on top of the hill and watch you. I will be holding a walking stick God gave me. Joshua obeyed Moses and went to fight the Amalekites next day. At the same time, Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. Anytime Moses held his hand in the air, the men, the men of Israel would start winning the fight. But when Moses put his hands down, the men of Israel began to lose the fight. After some time, Moses' arms became tired. So they put a large rock under Moses for him to sit on. And then Aaron and Hur held Moses' hand in the air. Aaron was on one side of Moses and Hur was on the other side. They held up his hand up like this until the sun went down. So Joshua and his men defeated the Amalekites in this battle. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write about this battle. Write these things in a book so that people will remember what happened here. And be sure to tell Joshua that I will completely destroy the Amalekites from earth. Then Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my flag. Moses said, I lifted my hands toward the Lord's throne. So the Lord fought against the Amalekites, as he always has. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, was a priest in Midian. He heard about the many ways that God helped Moses and the Israelites. He heard about the Lord leading the Israelites out of Egypt. So Jethro went to Moses while Moses was camped near the mountain of God. Jethro bought Moses' wife Zipporah with him. Jethro also brought Moses' two sons with him. The first son was named Gershom, because when he was born, Moses said, I am a stranger in a foreign country. The other son was named Elizer, because when he was born, Moses said, The God of my father helped me and saved me from the king of Egypt. So Jethro went to Moses while Moses was camped in the desert near the mountain of God. Moses' wife and his two sons were with Jethro. Jethro sent the message to Moses that said, This is your father-in-law, Jethro. I am bringing your wife and her two sons with you. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. Moses bowed down before him and kissed him. The two men asked about each other's health. Then they went into Moses' tent to talk more. Moses told Jethro everything the Lord has done for the Israelites. He told what the Lord did to Pharaoh and the people of Egypt. He told, all, he told about all the problems they had along the way. And he told his father-in-law how the Lord saved the Israelites every time there was trouble. Jethro was happy when he heard all the good things the Lord had done for Israel. He was glad that the Lord had freed the Israelites from the Egyptians. He said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. He freed you from the power of Egypt. He saved you from Pharaoh, 
Now I know this Lord is greater than all the gods. They thought they were in control, but look at, but look what God did. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I like that. Now I gotta hear that again. I gotta read that again. That was beautiful. Jethro was happy when he heard all the good things the Lord had done for Israel. He was glad that the Lord had freed the Israelites from the Egyptians. He said, praise the Lord. Praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He freed you from the power of Egypt. He saved you from Pharaoh. Now I know the Lord is greater than all the gods. They thought they were in control. But look what God did. Woo! My boy Jethro's spitting. Jethro got some sacrifices and offerings to honor God. Then Aaron and all the elders of Israel came to eat with Moses' father-in-law, Jethro. They all ate together there with God. Ooh! Yo, Jethro is in the spirit, man. I like that guy. We got to keep that guy around. The next day, Moses had the special job of judging the people. There were so many people that had to stand, that they had to stand before him all day. Jethro saw Moses judging the people. He asked, why are you doing this? Why are you the only judge? And why do people come to you all day? Then Moses said to his father-in-law, The people come to me and ask me to ask for God's decision for their problem. If people have an argument, they come to me, and I decide which person is right. In this way, I teach the people God's laws and teachings. But Moses' father-in-law said to him, This isn't the right way to do this. It is too much work for you. To do alone. You cannot do this job by yourself. It wears you out. And it makes the people tired too. Now listen to me. Let me give you some advice. And I pray to God. And I pray God will be with you. You should continue listening to the problems of these people. And you should continue to speak to God about these things. You should explain God's laws and teachings to the people. Warn them not to break the laws. Tell them the right way to live and what they should do. But you should also choose some of the people to be judges and leaders. My boy Jethro, man, he's, yo, he knows his stuff. Jeth, Jethro continued to say, choose good men. You can trust men who respect God. Amen. Choose men who will not change their decisions for money. Amen. Make these men rulers over the people. There should be rulers over a thousand people, a hundred people, fifty people, and even over ten people. Let these rulers judge the people. If there is a very important case, then they can come to you and let you decide what to do. But they can decide the other cases themselves. In this way, men will share work, share your work with you. And it will be easier for you and it will be easier for you to lead the people. If you do this as God directs you, then you will be able to do your job without tiring yourself out. And the people can still have all their problems solved before they return home. So Moses did what Jethro told him. 
Moses chose Moses chose good men from among the Israelites. He made them leaders over the people. There were rulers over a thousand people, a hundred people, fifty people, and ten people. These rulers were judges for the people. The people could always bring their arguments to these rulers. And Moses had to decide only the most important cases. After a short time, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law Jethro. And Jethro went back home, went back to his own home. And ladies and gentlemen, that, that is the conclusion of episode 27 of Sports Wit Jesus. Episode 27 is now in the books. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for taking the time to play my little podcast on Podbean. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen to my little podcast on Apple Podcasts. More, hopefully, you know, more platforms on the way. And also, guys, if you haven't followed my Instagram page yet, follow it. It's called Sports with Jesus. No nothing, no, no, no underscores, none of that BS. Just sports, S-P-O-R-T-S, W-I-T-J-E-S-U-S. Sports with Jesus. And sports, we talk about sports with. It gets witty. Jesus is my middle name. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I had a good time. I had a great time filming, well, recording this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed as well. Catch you guys on number 28, man. Catch you guys on the flippity flip. Marcos out.
All right, guys, we found it. Exodus 13. Let's get it, man. Let's get right into it. I'm only going to read one, maybe two, because the night is young. The day is young, man. But let's get it, guys. Exodus 13, continuing. Then the Lord said to Moses, you must give me every male in Israel who is his mother's first child. That means that every firstborn baby boy and every firstborn male animal will be mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day. You were slaves in Egypt, but on this day the Lord used his great power and made you free. You must not eat bread without yeast. You must not eat bread with yeast. Today, in the month of Abib, you are leaving Egypt. The Lord made a special promise to your ancestors. He promised to give you the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Hivites, and Jebusites. After the Lord leads you to the land filled with many good things, then you must remember this day. You must have a special day of worship on this day, during the first, during the first month of every year. For seven days you must eat only bread without yeast. On the seventh day, there will be a great festival to show honor to the Lord. So for seven days, you must not eat any bread made with yeast. There must be no bread with yeast any place in your land. On this day, you should tell your children, we are having this festival because the Lord took me out of Egypt. This festival will help you remember. It will be like a string tied on your hand. It will be like a sign before your eyes. This festival will help you remember the Lord teachings. It will help you remember that the Lord used his great power to take you out of Egypt. So remember this festival every year at the right time. The Lord will lead you into the land he promised to give you. The Canaanites live there now. But God promised your ancestors that he would give you this land. When that happens, you must remember to give the Lord every firstborn boy. And every male animal that is firstborn must also be given to the Lord. Every firstborn donkey can be brought back. You can offer a lamb and keep the donkey. If you don't want to buy the donkey like this, if you don't want to buy back the donkey like this, then you must break its neck to kill it. But every firstborn baby boy must be brought back from the Lord. In the future, your children will all ask you why you do this. They will say, what does this all mean? And you will answer, the Lord used his great power to save us from Egypt. We were his slaves in that place. But he led us out and brought us here. In Egypt, Pharaoh was stubborn and refused to let us leave. So the Lord killed every firstborn in the land. The Lord killed the firstborn males, animals, and humans. That is why I give every firstborn male animal to the Lord. And that is why I buy back each of my firstborn sons from him. This is like a string tied on your hand, like a sign in front of your eyes. 
It helps you remember that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his great power. Pharaoh made the people leave Egypt. God did not let the people take the road leading to the land of the Philistines. That road by the Mediterranean Sea is the shortest way. But God said, if the people go that way, they will have to fight. Then they might change their minds and go back to Egypt. So God led them another way through the desert by the Red Sea. The Israelites were dressed for war when they left Egypt. Moses carried the bones of Joseph with him. Before Joseph died, he made the Israelites promise to do this for him. He said, when God saves you, remember to carry my bones with you out of Egypt. The Israelites left Sakoth and camped near Etham. Etham was near the desert. The Lord led the way. During the day, he used a tall cloud to lead the people. And during the night, he used a tall column of fire to lead the way. This fire gave them the light so that they could also travel at night. The cloud was always with them during the day. And the column of fire was always with them at night. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of episode 24, Kobe. Guys, thank you, thank you. We made it to episode 24, episode 25. Coming soon to own on DVD. Nah, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> guys, thank you for listening. Episode 24 concluded. Hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you guys in the next one. Don't forget to keep an eye on the uh, the NLDS and the ALDS game. Uh, we got game threes going on. Well, actually, game four from the Strohs and the, Ash, uh, the, the Twins. And game three from the Phillies. Braves. And diamonds and diamondback and dodges. And last thing before I go, guys. Last thing before I go, Charles Oliveira, UFC number one lightweight contender in the world, has pulled out against Islam Makhachev. Charles Oliveira has pulled out against Islam Makhachev. And Volkanovski is filling in. Alexander Volkanovski is filling in on one week's notice to face Islam Makhachev for the lightweight championship. Wow! And last but not least, Paula Costa. Oh my, he's so pathetic. Used to be a big fan of him, but he's, he's hard to be a fan of him, man. He's so pathetic. Has also pulled out. Paulo Costa has also pulled out against Hamzat Shimaev, but Kamaru Usman has filled in. Oh my God. Talk about Kamaru Usman, man, trying to get to the top. And he's, yo, he's going out there to face Hamzat Shamayev, man. Wow. Shout out to Dana White 
for not panicking and adapting and doing what he does best and putting together the best fights. Wow, man. Wowie, wow, wow. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 24. Catch you guys in the next one, 25. God bless. Enjoy, guys. Let's get it.